I was even edified as I looked down and saw Tyler's little index finger following along with the words as we sang. Uh, it's good to be together to worship God and encourage each other. Well, David just read for us a very familiar passage there in Hebrews chapter 11. And that passage is important to us as it defines what faith is. Faith is the, evidence, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 11 verse 1. In Hebrews 11 verse 6 we can quote, uh, because it shows us that faith is required. Without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is, and He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not, things not seen. It is required to be pleasing to God. So how does that faith look in our lives? I think we have an excellent commentary on that in Luke chapter 5. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, where we see how faith looks in real life. And I want to look at you, with you at some characteristics of faith from this familiar passage in Luke chapter 5. Would you start with me in Luke chapter 5, beginning of verse 1? So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret, that is, the, lake of, the Sea of Galilee, another word for the Sea of Galilee, and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out, a little into the, uh, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and, they, they, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. This morning, I want, or this evening, I will look at you, with you at this passage and the statement that, that, that Peter makes here. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. I believe this is an incredible display of faith. And let's look at what that display meant for us as it helps us to understand what faith is all about in our lives. First off, faith, if we have it in our life, is going to cause us to do things that are inconvenient. Notice verse 2 of chapter 5 of Luke. And when Jesus saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Now you have to understand what's happened here. These fishermen have been fishing all night. They're cleaning up their stuff. You've got to take care of your nets as a fisherman. That's your livelihood. And so when you bring them in after fishing, you wash them and you clean them up. And they're cleaning up their stuff, getting ready to put it away and go home for a good night's rest or a good day's rest at this point. And they're told to go put the nets back out into the water. They're tired. They're frustrated. Remember, they had not caught fish. 
They've been working at dragging these heavy nets all night long. They've caught nothing. They, all they want to do at this point is to go home. And Jesus says, no, go out and get the nets dirty again and put them out into the water. And they did it. Peter, in response to Jesus' instruction, says, Nevertheless, at your word I will. It was not what it was convenient for him. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33, beginning. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33. Throughout time, faith has caused people to be inconvenienced. Hebrews 11, verse 33. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection, and others had a trial of, had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, were slain with the sword. They were wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Do you see anything in that list that sounds like it's convenient? Anything that sounds like a vacation to you? Being tortured, being afflicted, wandering in sheepskins and goatskins? People throughout time have had to do things that were inconvenient because of their faith. Faith causes us to do inconvenient things. The fishermen took their now almost clean nets out to the water again because they believed in Jesus. It wasn't convenient for them. What about us? Are we willing to do things that are inconvenient because of our faith? Do we allow our faith to inconvenience us or is that sort of the governor on our faith? That we'll do anything until it gets to the point of being inconvenient. What about our attendance? Are we attending services and Bible studies faithfully, even though it may not be the most convenient thing? What about our Bible study? Are we making time for our Bible study, even though we may be busy, even though there may be things that are pressing? Are we inconveniencing ourselves for Bible study? Are we looking for opportunities to share the gospel with others, even though it may mean time out of my schedule? It may mean that that time that I was looking forward to resting and doing something else, that time may be taken now because I am, am, am obligated to study with someone else. What about serving other people? What about showing hospitality or attending to the needs of a brother or sister? Am I willing to sacrifice myself? Am I willing to be inconvenienced? I might be tired. There may be other things that I'd rather be doing. Am I willing to inconvenience myself to do the things that God wants me to do? Does my faith cause me to do things that are inconvenient? What about on our job? Would we approach our job the same way that we approach our faith? Would we look at tasks that we're given to do on our job and say, yeah, that one's really inconvenient. I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry, boss. Uh, I'm just, that's just not for me. I know you told me you wanted that report, but no, that's just that's too inconvenient. It's too much work. I don't want to do that. I told you, you told me you want to do that task. No, that's not for me. It's too much work. It's too inconvenient. No, we wouldn't do that on our job, would we? 
Convenience is not a question. And it shouldn't be with our faith either. These, had, these men did what was inconvenient. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said to them all, If any man will come, up, come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. A cross is not convenient. But we have to take it up. Are we willing to do this? Faith does what is inconvenient. They had their nets already clean. They were cleaning their nets, and yet Jesus said, go put them out into the water again. And they were willing to do that. I want to tell you what else faith does, and we learned that from this story, is faith does what doesn't make sense. These fishermen had been fishing all night. Look at verse 5. When Jesus tells them to let down their nets, in verse 5, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, we will. They had taught, caught nothing all night. These were commercial fishermen. They weren't fishing just for fun. They weren't out just seeing how big a bass they could catch. They were commercial fishermen. And commercial fishermen know when to fish. They know when the fish are going to be biting and when they can catch them with their nets. They know, and if there were fish to be caught now, they would have been out there catching them. You catch fish at night, though, with your nets. You don't catch them in the day. It didn't make sense to them to be fishing. If there were fish to be caught, if they thought it was the right time to be out there fishing, they would have already been out there. Jesus wouldn't have had to say, go out and drop your nets down into the deep. It didn't make sense to them to fish right now. Doing things by faith means we're going to do things that don't have to make sense to us. Hebrews chapter 11, again, tells us about some folks who did some things that didn't make sense to them because of their faith. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 7. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Noah was warned about things of not yet seen. What had not yet been seen? Some people say that it hadn't rained at Noah's day, that he had never seen rain. Maybe, who knows? I know for sure that they'd never seen a flood like this. Never seen that. Whatever it was, Noah had never seen what God said is about to come your way. And you need to build an ark to get ready for it. An ark, huge, 120 years likely to build this thing. You got to get ready for that. That doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense to me. I'm sure it didn't make a lot of sense to Noah either. And yet Noah did it. Faith causes us to do things that don't make sense to us. Keep going. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose maker and builder is God. Abraham didn't know where he was going. God said, go, and he went. It doesn't make sense. Does anybody ever, have you ever left on a trip not knowing where you're going? Just get in the car and go. No, it doesn't make sense. And yet Abraham was willing to do this. 
They were asked to do things that didn't make sense, and they did things that didn't make sense to them. And that is what is required of us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That means we're going to have to do things that don't make sense to us. And yet, how many times have we had religious discussions with people and their response to what the scriptures say in black and white, which they can read and understand what the words mean, their response is, well, I just can't see why God would want me to do that. I, I just can't see why God would want me to not marry this person that I don't have a right to be married to. I don't understand that. I, I, I just don't, I don't see, it doesn't make sense to me why God wouldn't let me tell a little lie to try and save someone's feelings. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I don't understand that. I just can't see why God wouldn't want me to do this because this would make me happy, I think. I think this would be fulfilling. Why wouldn't God want me to do that? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me why God would want me to make sacrifices. It doesn't make sense to me why God would want me to be at odds with my neighbor or my family member because of what the truth says and standing up for what's right and not being popular and like. I, I don't understand that. I can't see that. No, faith causes us to do things that don't make sense. These fishermen had been fishing all night. If they had been fished to be caught, they would have been out there catching them. But it doesn't make sense to them to go out and let, let your nets down. Faith does what doesn't make sense. I'll tell you what else. Faith is being willing to go against our better judgment. These fishermen were professional fishermen. And they had made the decision that it was time to quit fishing. Their judgment said, this is not the right time to fish. And they'd made that decision upon good reasoning. They had lots of reasons behind their decision to quit. And yet they said, it's time to quit. But faith caused them to go against their better judgment. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Sarah's better judgment said, I can't have a, children, a child at my age. That time is past. There's no hope. But faith caused her to go against her better judgment. Throughout the scriptures, we read about faith causing people to go against their better judgment. In 1 Kings, or 2 Kings chapter 5, in 2 Kings chapter 5, look at Naaman. And the story of Naaman, you know this story in 2 Kings chapter 5, beginning of verse 10. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, unto Naaman, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Now that seems pretty foolish to Naaman. Naaman had come a long way to see Elisha to get a healing, and getting told without even seeing Elisha to go and get wet seven times in the Jordan River didn't make sense to him, but notice what it says. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Arbana and far, far rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? 
So he turned and went away in rage. He had this idea that there was going to be some kind of impressive ceremony where Elisha's going to come out and do some kind of thing here and call upon his God and boom, I'll be free of that, this leprosy. And if I can't do that, why couldn't I go wash in those nice rivers back home? Why do I have to get in this dirty Jordan River? You see, he had figured out in his mind how he wanted this healing to work out. But he's going to get taught a lesson here. Notice what it says here. So he turned and went away in rage, and his servants came near and spoke with him, unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then, when he has said unto thee, Wash and be clean, then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan again on the saying of the man of God. And his flesh became again like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. Faith caused him to do something against his better judgment. Don't we do the same? Don't we make up our minds what needs to be done in certain circumstances? And then we go to God's word and try and justify the decision that we want to make. We make up our mind on how we want to deal with someone or deal with a certain situation. And then we look at the scriptures to find some kind of justification that backs up my opinion and my judgment rather than letting the scriptures speak for themselves. There's a lot of examples of that where people try to justify what they'd like to do based upon their own opinions rather than on what the Word of God says. And you know, it's easy to accept God's word when it's what I want to do. It's easy to accept God's word when it is something that makes logical sense to me. But when it's against my better judgment, then that's where we start to have a rub. That's where we start to buck up against the scriptures instead of having the faith to just submit to them. In Isaiah 55 verse 8. Isaiah 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are your, your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, if it was just my judgment, if, if my judgment was all I needed in order to be pleasing to God, I could throw this thing away. I wouldn't need this. But you know what? I need this for the areas where it doesn't go along with my judgment, right? Where there are areas where it does not go along with my better judgment, then that's where I need to ha have enough sense to say, you know what? This has got to be right and my judgment must be wrong. We could come up with numerous examples where this happens. I'll tell you where it happens a lot with it. It happens a lot with the, uh, in the area of fellowship. Where there are Christians who've turned their back on our Lord and Father. And they've gone back into the world. And they've rejected our Savior. And they're not living as they should. And the scriptures are clear. When someone does that, we must break association with them so that they might be ashamed. And so that we might avoid a little leaven, leavening the whole lump. Those are not comfortable scenarios and not comfortable situations. And when we get in those situations, that's where a lot of times we try to twist and turn the scriptures and say, well, maybe it's okay. Because in my judgment, it's not going to be harmful. In my judgment, I maybe have the opportunity to influence that person for good. But God's judgment says we've got to break off that fellowship. Things can't go on socially like they used to go on. 
our judgment is different than God's judgment. And faith means we've got to be willing to go against our better judgment. These fishermen show us that by their willingness to put the nets back out. I'll tell you something else about faith that we learn from this passage is that faith has incredible rewards. They brought in a great multitude of fish. Look at verse 6. When they had faith and when they obeyed because of that faith. Look at verse 6. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. These again were professional fishermen. They knew a good catch when they saw one. And this was an incredible, tremendous catch. A catch that came after a night of toiling and not catching anything. And now they've got two boatloads of fish that were way over their capacity. They're about to sink. When we obey God out of faith, when we do things that aren't convenient, when we do things that don't make sense, when we do things that are against our better judgment, I want to tell you the rewards are incredible. That's what the scriptures teach. Over and over again, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. I want to tell you, we can't even comprehend all the blessings and the reward that will be ours if we'll do what God wants us to do. If we'll get ourselves out of the way and submit to Him in faith, the rewards are incredible. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having a prom promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Are you willing to do those things that are inconvenient? Are you willing to do those things that don't make sense? Are you willing to do those things that contradict your better judgment because of your faith? The, the rewards are incredible. Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 12, when we're persecuted, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heavens, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Faith has incredible rewards if we're willing to do what is inconvenient, what doesn't make sense, and what goes against our better judgment. What about faith in your life? Are you like those fishermen, willing to do what you would think is not the right thing by your own human judgment? What doesn't make sense to you? Are you willing to obey whatever the cost? But the story isn't over. Look at verse 11. Verse 11. So when they brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now they had just brought in an incredible catch. They were fishing again for the profit that they could get out of that. And they would have been happy with a few fish in the boat, I think, so they could have sold the, the fish and gotten some money. But yet now they have two boats that are about to sink. 
and they forsake them all to follow Jesus. Now, are you surprised based upon the things that we've learned about their faith already? That where they are willing, nevertheless, at your word, we will put down the nets? Are you surprised that they would forsake all? I'm not surprised because that's what faith does. Faith makes sacrifices. Faith does what is not convenient. Faith does what doesn't make sense. And faith does what doesn't go along with our better judgment. Does that describe us? It must. Remember what David read for us. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. And after looking at this story, we have a better idea, I think, about what faith is. Faith is not what many people in the religious world today are telling us, that all you got to do is have some kind of mental assent that Jesus is the Son of God and you're good. No, faith must be demonstrated in our life every day by our submission to God and His will. Are you submitting to Him tonight? If you're not, would you make your life right with Him? If you're not a Christian, there's no better time than right now to become one. If you're a Christian, but you're not living like you should, will you please correct that? And if we can help, will you let us know while we stand and sing?